Good evening, my name is Mike Murley and welcome to WPKN's Mic Check. Coming to you on WPKN every Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Welcome to everyone listening at 89.5 FM on your radio dial. Welcome to everyone streaming live or tuning into our podcast at WPKN.org. Each week on Mic Check, one of our hosts examines global, national, and regional issues and their effect on our local community. Just as the phrase mic check was used to mobilize people to create a human microphone during the Occupy movement and others, this weekly program seeks to amplify our community's many voices and bring them to the airwaves. Mic check is followed on WPKN at 6 p.m. by another public affairs program, the Ralph Nader Radio Hour. Thank you so, so much for tuning in tonight, and as always, for your, your support of WPKN. Uh, we just wrapped up a, a fun drive recently, uh, the Rolling Stones fun to drive, and that uh, I think you know I think we 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 did really well in that fun drive, and in the past um, the past couple fun drives actually we had one on covers as well, cover songs, and so you know thank you for your support of this this radio station, and we do we really do rely on your support as an independent listener supported radio station that is non commercial uh, and non profit. So, um, and of course, we have our big move coming up as well, which I know you've heard a lot about, and it's very exciting. Uh, we're going to be moving locations uh, very soon in the new year, so be on the lookout for that. And again, my name is Mike Murley, and the name of this program is Mike Check. As you know, it's on every Sunday night from 5.30 to 6 p.m., and I'm one of the roster of hosts, and I usually host every third and fifth Sunday. And so I am I'm honored and grateful to be here. And I am very happy to welcome back to the program someone who I've had on many, many times and uh, is, is someone who, who really cares a lot about peace and justice and work, you know, organizing and working towards those things and is, is local. Uh, and that is Stanley Heller, who is involved with multiple organizations, including Promoting Enduring Peace, Middle East Crisis Committee, and also is the the host of the Struggle Video News. And without any further ado, Stan, welcome back to Mike Check. Good evening to you, Mike. How are you? <laughs> Good evening, Stan. Can you hear me? Okay. Now I can. I, I only heard the last few words, but now I got you good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you for for being back on the on, on the program. Thanks for coming back here tonight. Obviously not in person, being here, but um, mm. uh, being being on the show over the phone. Uh, and of course, the the coronavirus is still a very very real thing here. Um, so, um. And Stan, you know, really, really quick, um, I, you know, how are you and, and your family holding up? Um, it's getting closer. Some uh, great nieces uh, have got the COVID. Uh, one recovered and is back to work as a nurse. The other, uh, uh, I, I guess, is having mild symptoms. But, uh, you know, it is getting a bit closer uh, in a family way, but so far... In the immediate family, we're doing okay. Well, that's that's good to hear that everyone is is mostly okay, um, and 
yeah, and I'm, yeah, I wish everyone the best and continued uh, healing and, and, and good health. Um, and thank you for, for sharing that, Stan. And, you know, you were on the program about a month ago, I think almost exactly mm -hmm. a month ago in November. And that was right before the Gandhi Peace Awards, which is an annual award ceremony that um, that is, is sponsored by the, the group promoting Enduring Peace that you're involved with. And uh, so I was wondering if we could start off tonight, because um, I know we have a few topics that we want to get into, but if, we could st if you could start off by giving a recap of of what happened uh, at the Gandhi Peace Awards, um, you know, again, briefly what the Gandhi Peace Awards are for anyone who, who missed the last show and is unfamiliar, and then who the, the awardees were this year. Okay, um, well, and, uh, uh, yeah. it's been given out since 1960 uh, by promoting Enduring Peace uh, to a lot of uh, important and wonderful people. This year, we thought the most important thing to talk about was Syria and the work that humanitarians were doing there. And so we gave the award to uh, White Helmet leader Mesoon al Misri and a doctor who helped form uh, Med Global and uh, SAM, Syrian American Medical Society, Dr. Zahar Salul. And, uh, you know, we, we were kind of nervous because we had to do it on Zoom, of course, and we had you know, um, a ton of speakers and music and artworks and, and, and of course, the acceptance addresses, but it, it really worked out well. And, you know, a couple of glitches, but uh, all the essentials got done. And politically, we were very happy to uh, unite, to a certain extent, Palestinians and Syrians. Uh, the person who introduced... Uh, uh, Dr. Salul was Linda Sarsour, and she's a, a, a very important Palestinian Muslim uh, American leader, best known for her work in the women's march in 2017, which brought out you know immense crowds. Um, uh, that year, she was considered by Time Magazine one of the most important people in the world. Anyway, she gave the uh, intro to. Uh, uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Salul, and she also mentioned that promoting him touring peace had given the Gandhi Peace Award a couple of years ago to uh, Omar Barghouti uh, for his BDS work. And then, uh, you know, she appreciated what uh, Dr. Salul was doing, not only in Syria, but with in the Gaza Strip. And uh, so, so that was really nice. And then we had artwork, um, Molly Crabapple and Akram Swedan. Uh, allowed us to use some of their artwork and a Palestinian um, uh, artist from the West Bank let us use his music to uh, uh, be a background for for the artwork. And so, uh, you know, we brought that together. Uh, you know, it's so important to bring Palestinians and uh, uh, Syrians together because the Assad regime is very deliberately used its underlings to try to divide one against the other. And uh, within the Palestinian community, there is, you know, there's a real split on the whole question of Syria. And so, uh, you know, we, we think uh, in unity there's strength, and uh, these these peoples, Syria and uh, the Palestinians have been uh, 
really beaten up on all kinds of people. And uh, so, so we very deliberately tried to encourage anything that would uh, bring the Palestinians and Syrians together. And we think uh, we pulled it off uh, in his remarks. Dr. Salul uh, talked about uh, Palestine and how dear that cause was uh, to his heart and so on. And um, we were very pleased with that. And so we, um, we had, uh, you know, many hundreds of people watching it on Facebook and in this webinar, and we're going to do an advertising campaign to have people watch the Gandhi Peace Award um, uh, at, our, at our website. It's, um, you know, pepeace.org. Is our is our main website, and uh, people there can just click, and you'll get to the link to to the uh, video. And you could see whatever parts you want. It's like an hour and forty nine minutes, but you know you can see whatever things you want. I mean, some of the artwork is just so extraordinary. People should definitely see it. And there's music by uh, Dylan Connor from uh, nearby Stratford. Who uh, is working so hard on? Uh, he, he used his um, piece, uh, not his piece. You would call it his his music. He made a music video. If only you'd listen. And I think I got four million views on Facebook. Some incredible number, well deserved. And then Masarani, Wasfi Masarani, he played some powerful music. Um, He's Syrian, uh, a refugee in the U.S., I guess, and uh, you know he sang his uh, uh, music, and one of them was about the white helmets, and uh, it's really worth checking out. Uh, once again, pepeace.org. So we were uh, very pleased with that. Thank you for for sharing that, Stan, and speaking a bit about you know what took place during this the ceremony. I, I tuned in. It was. It was really powerful. It was really, you know, I was really struck by the artwork and the music, like you were just saying, and and how you did really bring people together, in or you know or or promoting enduring peace really brought a lot of people together, in in a great way, um, to highlight Syria specifically. And I know that was an intentional decision, like you were saying this year, like to put that focus and that spotlight on Syria, and on the work of uh, uh, Dr. Salul and Mesun al-Misri, who was actually on this program with you last, you know, last month, uh, just before the Gandhi Peace mm -hmm. Awards, and she spoke really powerfully, and, and you've also done other interviews with her that I know can be seen on, on the Struggle website as well, some of your previous interviews with Mesun. Um, right. And so that was great to, you know, to have the two of you on last month talking about that as well, because, you know, she, being involved with the White Helmets like she was, and the courageous work that she was doing. Um, so thank you for sharing all that, Stan. And uh, and also just for anyone who, because you, you referenced a couple things, I just want to make sure our listeners do have the, uh, you know, like if in case they weren't familiar with some of these these terms, like BDS um, refers to the Boycott, Divestment, and Sanctions Movement, um, which has, um, which Omar Barghouti was, uh, was a co-founder of, right? Co-founder of the BDS movement? Right, I think so. Yeah, and so, and that's a, you know, a, a nonviolent uh, movement um, looking to basically uh, apply, uh, and it has been applying very real pressure on, on the state of Israel 
Um, and yeah, and, and so um, if you're just joining us, my name is Mike Murley, and this program is Mike Check here on WPKN 89.5 FM in Bridgeport. And I'm in conversation right now with Stanley Heller of the group's Middle East Crisis Committee in Promoting Enduring Peace and also the Struggle Video News. And Stanley is a, a local organizer and activist from right here in this area, right here in Connecticut, and has been for several decades. And Stan has just been speaking about the Gandhi Peace Awards. That is an annual event put on by Promoting Enduring Peace to honor individuals and organizations that are doing tremendous work um, to bring about justice and, and peace in, in many parts of the world. And so, um, and so Stan, you were, just spe you were just speaking about Syria a moment ago. Mm -hmm. Can you, uh, I, I know that, um, you know, something that, uh, that I wanted to get into now uh, is the, the Rukban camp in, in Syria is something that, um, that I'm, I'm still learning about. Um, but I know that there is, I know that this is a really important topic. And so I was wondering if you could talk, if you could speak about the Rukban camp and what has been happening there. Sure. Well, uh, this area, Al-Rukban, is in the extreme, let's see, southwest of Syria. It's where the Iraq, uh, Jordan, and Syria uh, boundaries meet. And uh, it was, uh, it liberated itself, let's say, from uh, Assad uh, control years ago. And then the U.S. got involved um, it set up a base called the Al-Tanf base in Syria, uh, primarily to fight ISIS. And it's been there ever since, and it says, well, we're here to make sure that ISIS uh, remnants don't cross from Iraq into Syria. And people came to um, Al-Rukban at one time, maybe 60, some even say 70,000 people were we're living there. It's a, an area maybe the size of Connecticut, but incredibly arid and uh, barren. And uh, so they're there as refugees. Uh, terrible conditions. And the people have gotten... In 2016, Jordan closed the border. There had been a terrorist incident. Somebody came in from Rukban and killed some people. And Jordan said, all right, nobody else can come in. And that cut off supplies both ways, and it was a disaster. And so they've been living on whatever they can scratch out from the earth, uh, whatever they can smuggle in, but, but also uh, UN supplies that are supposed to be able to come in freely, freely according to UN uh, resolutions, but aren't. The UN keeps its office in Damascus, of all places, and basically bows down to the Assad regime on a lot of this stuff. So, you know, occasionally they'll get some supplies. I think they haven't had anything since February of this year. Uh, and so what, what the uh, Syrian government and Russia are trying to do is just put the screws to these people and make them go back under uh, Assad rule. And several tens of thousands have. Uh, they're very afraid of what will happen to them, and 
and uh, we don't know that much about what has happened to the people who have returned, but uh, there's about 10, 12,000 still there, maybe more. And um, they're in really desperate situations. Uh, there's no doctors there. There hasn't been any doctor in years. They have, I think, a nurse or two, and that's the best they can do. Um, and uh, they could use some help. Now, the bizarre thing is they're, I believe, 30 miles away from a Rus- from an American base, this Altanf base. An easy drive, and they don't get any support from the U.S. government. You know, not a liter of water, not a not rice, not, not anything. And it's really an outrage. And, and I'm hoping that maybe this will change with the a new um, uh, administration, Biden comes in in uh, a month, maybe from this date, and maybe his first thing should be to uh, send a convoy with food and medicine from uh, the air base or or the base uh, to Al-Rukban to help the people there. It just seems a simple act of uh, decency, and it would mark a uh, complete new uh, chapter in the U.S.-Syria relations where the U.S. is uh, going to uh, help out and, and make humanitarian concerns the major issue there. Um, I could parenthetically mention a uh, an article in the New Yorker uh, that's come out this week about Raqqa. That Raqqa is the city that was the um, ISIS headquarters. And the U.S. just obliterated it and just moved on. I mean, many, many civilians were killed there. And the the author, who's a Facebook friend and I, whose name uh, escapes me at the moment, uh, did a long article talking about the legal, moral questions with that. But um, I think maybe we can close that chapter talking about Syria. But uh, Al-Rukban... At very minimal cost, Biden could send some troops in with some uh, food, and they should do that. And I hope uh, our senators bring that up to the president. Stan, is there anything that our listeners could uh, could do to help? Is there anything that that you know the average person here, anything we can do to help, um, or wait, you know, is there anything that? Are there any ways um, for folks to learn more about the situation? Well, they should uh, learn more. Uh, just type in R-U-K-B-A-N, R-U-K-B-A-N, in the Google search, and you'll find uh, information. It's on NPR radio. It's been foreign policy magazine. You know, there's uh, there's a good uh, deal of information about it. But people want to get involved, they should uh, contact their senators, call them on the phone, call their Washington office, and ask them to uh, to do something. Thank you, Stan, for for bringing that to to everyone's attention to, uh, on on the show tonight for um, for speaking about about the situation there because um, I hadn't known about that until until you brought that to my attention. Um, so thank you for that. And again, that's um, Al-Rukban, R-U-K-B-A-N. And right. just by Googling that and, and then learning more. And, um, and so once again, if you are, if you're just joining us uh, or if you've been uh, with us, as a reminder, you're listening to WPKN 89.5 FM in Bridgeport 
and the name of this program is Mike Check. My name is Mike Murley. I'm one of the roster of hosts of this weekly program, and I am the host of every third and, f and fifth Sunday. And so I am joined tonight by Stanley Heller over the phone. And Stanley is a local longtime organizer and activist with a number of groups, including Promoting Enduring Peace and Middle East Crisis Committee, as well as the Struggle Video News. And Stan has just been speaking about the uh, situation in Syria with the Al-Rukban refugee camp, essentially. Um, and so shifting gears a little bit, um, and, and earlier you were talking about Palestine, Stan, mm -hmm. and, and, ha and when you were speaking about the Gandhi Peace Awards and, and Linda Sarsour's uh, involvement. And so there, there was, and this is also something that, that I found out about from you, but this, this is, there was some alarming news that came out recently involving a connection between a gun manufacturer right here a gun manufacturer that has a headquarters just down the street from where this radio station is located, um, right here, which is Bridgeport, Connecticut. Um, and the Israeli occupation forces murder of a 15-year-old Palestinian boy. Um, and I was alarmed to learn about this. Um, Stan, could you talk about this connection and give some background on this story? Sure. Um his uh, name was Ali Abu Aliya. He was killed on his 15th birthday. He's from a village uh, north of Ramallah, uh, a settlement, a Jewish-only settlement is grabbing the land of the village. And so the people go out and demonstrate. Uh, they say peacefully. Maybe they throw a few stones. I don't know. But they've been doing it for quite some time. And uh, Israeli soldiers came by and uh, shot him dead. And uh, it, it came out in the Jerusalem Post and in the uh, Israeli paper Haaretz that they used a Ruger. Now, the way it came out was they said uh, the Palestinian Authority said he was shot by live ammunition. And uh, the IDF, Israel Defense Forces, as they call themselves, were outraged. Oh no, no, we didn't use uh, we didn't we didn't use bullets. We we used uh, Rugers, which is a, a lower, uh, uh, less lethal. I forget how the exact words, but you know this is uh, we use it for crowd control. We use the Ruger. I mean, it's incredible. These these are bullets. They use 22 bullets, and th these are metal bullets that they they use. They use it for crowd control. They've been doing it for. For decades, uh, after 2000, there was an Israeli uh, court that, that said, uh, you know, this is a lethal weapon. And so for a number of years, they didn't use them. But uh, they've come back under the Netanyahu administration to use this for crowd control. And um, we had gotten involved, we being the Middle East Crisis Committee, back in Oh, let's say two and a half years ago, March of 2018, there was a, a notorious killing uh, in December, three years ago, December 2017, of a, a man named Abu Thuria. And he uh, was shot dead uh, well away from the wall in Gaza. Uh, the remarkable thing about his killing is he had no legs. 
he had been uh, injured uh, in earlier uh, activity and uh, for a number of years had no legs, but he still came in a wheelchair to demonstrations. And so he was shot dead. So we wrote to Chris Kaloy. He's the CEO of Sturm Ruger, the name of the, the full name of the company. We wrote to him on March 11, 2018. And, uh, you know, we appraised him of this. And, you know, on their website it says, Ruger has been a model of corporate and community responsibility. So I asked him, do you regularly monitor how foreign countries are using your weapons? Do you do you investigate? Uh, did you investigate this notorious incident? Uh, does Israel use your rifles for riot control and so on? Never got an answer. So um, then, at, at, right at that time, broke out uh, what the Palestinians in Gaza called the Great March of Return, and that uh, was really a remarkable thing. They 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 said, you know. The negotiations with Israel and the U.S. been going on forever. Nothing's happening. Let's get the masses of people in, in action. We're going to march to the wall. The Gaza Strip is all encased in various kinds of uh, uh, walls, whether they're uh, you know barbed wire or whatever. You know, several levels of different uh, barriers. So they did this. Thousands of people took part and, and came to the uh, march to these walls, and they were met with all kinds of force. And um, I mean, one, one, I think on land day, March 30th, uh, 16 people were killed, 758 people shot in, in one day. So we, uh, we wrote back to uh, Kiloy of the Sturmruger again uh, later on, I don't know, in April, I suppose, and uh, asked him if he uh, knew about that. And what he thought about it, and and so on, and we got no got no answer to that. Um, the Israelis very openly said they're doing this to uh, cripple leaders. You know, they, they weren't saying these people were threatening uh, soldiers. You know, this went on for I don't know two and a half years, and uh, I, I wish I had the numbers. The enormous number of Palestinians were killed and wounded. And not a single Israeli was killed. I don't know if even one was wounded by Palestinians. The Palestinian, the Israelis shoot them from way up high over these barriers and, and you know, knock them down. Anyway, uh, we uh, wrote to Kaloy, got nowhere, and uh, we wrote a third letter to him uh, and uh, tried to, you know, make some contact and, and, and you know, nothing. So it took us a long time, but in, what was it, in June or, or July, it was an incredibly hot day. We had our own little, little march. We went from the Fairfield train station and a parking lot, and uh, I guess 15 or 20 people marched down to Southport, which is part of Fairfield, and went to the um, gun manufacturing headquarters. And... Uh, marched down the street there, and uh, a couple of us went up to the headquarters, and lo and behold, a person came out. The first contact we had with any of these people, and he said he was a vice president, I don't recall his name, and he said, you know, we're not going to answer you officially, but I'll talk to you a little bit, and he basically said, well, we sell to uh, distributors, 
and they sell to whomever they want, and we don't have anything to say. I mean, what a uh, crock, to use that word. This immense company couldn't tell their distributors don't sell to Israel and doesn't care about what happens to its guns. So, you know, it's 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 outrageous. And there was an article in Haaretz, again, that Israeli paper, in it might have been April of this year, uh, about uh, interviews they did with snipers, with ex-snipers, people who went, were in the Army Reserve. And they were talking and bragging. They, these weren't anti-war people. They were just, you know, they were on the talk with Haaretz about what, what it was to be a sniper. And they were talking about how they would go for records. And this one guy said, I got 64 in one day. I shot uh, people. And he mentioned Rugers, I believe. Uh, they, they say, you know, they have tele what's the word? Telescopic sights where you can see not only the leg, you can see the tendon for a great, uh, a great hit. And Haaretz, to its credit, illustrated the story with a, with a picture of a, a guy with an amputated leg. And I'm sure a lot of people who were injured ended up that way. Stan. Uh, terrible stuff. We are, unfortunately, we're, we're running out of time. Um, I wish we had more time. We could keep going. But thank you so much um, for your work and what you're sharing. And really quick, like like uh, tw- 15 seconds quick. Go um, to thestruggle.org. <laughs> thestruggle.org. One of our top links is about Ruger. You find a lot about it. And press the politicians for an investigation of Ruger. It's a fabulously rich company, but they would respond to political pressure. Stan, thank you. Stanley Heller, thank you so much for being on Mic Check tonight, as always, and for all your work. Hope you have a great rest of your night. Uh, up next is the Raffinator Radio Hour right here on WPKN, followed by Al Bell, Cool Blues and Rare Records. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.